0: Alright, and will be transferring tape number three, February 16th, 2014. That yes. Was my, uh, yes. You know, I always so
1: that. that it was what did I choose? For an what did I choose? That, that you know, Yeah, what did I, I their
2: parents, you
1: know?
2: Yeah. What did I choose that you think probably shouldn't have been in there? I first
1: heard this show on X minus one. I was I was pretty I I recognized some kind of flaws in it, but then I read the short story by Theodore Sturgeon. Uh, It's a saucer of loneliness. The one about the uh, ugly guy who uh, the woman who rather sees a flying saucer and and gets a message from it, and uh, it's kind of a ship in the bottle kind of thing. And that
2: was in X minus one.
1: Yeah, it was. And I, have, I mean, it's, a, it's an awful show one, yeah.
2: It is in my awful show file?
1: Well, I will. Yeah, I will. I
2: know I have a space cow in there.
1: Mm. Oh, I don't know about that one, no. But anyway, uh, one, I mean, I'll triple check it, but but I'll send it back to you. So you, you can
2: hear it. Wowie, I did not know that I had put an X minus 1 in there. How about that?
1: Well, okay.
2: Listen, well, shame on but, me then. So,
1: i'm pretty good at dialing in on shows and man and even on the radio my show when i was pitching your show i said you know it's pretty easy to get into there the funny thing about it is your your people on your show have so much information to give that here i'm calling you up to just give a treasure ivan uh, agenda for the next two weeks and i get hung up responding to all these people i'll tell you a few of them dan freeberg the guy that called on that i was reminded that when i was a kid like 9 or 10, I remember listening to the Yellow Rose of Texas, John and Marsha, and the St. George and the Dragonette, and boy, they were really funny. And then he started taking himself really kind of seriously. It was that cerebral humor that you don't really even laugh at. The United States was one of them, but he also got this agenda. I think he was trying to stop rock and roll. He was trying to make jazz – you know, he said, listen to jazz.
0: Yeah, he hated rock and roll. There's no doubt about that. Right. That's right,
1: and I think that that turned off a lot of because he was really fighting a very, very losing battle, you know. Uh, yeah. The other thing is Let that be... laughter is is involuntary. Real laughter, you can't you can't you know if, if if something's sometimes we laugh at things we go oh that wasn't really funny but I laughed you know sometimes yeah. we laugh and we shouldn't be laughing we would say but so mm-hmm. that's what I would say about all that stuff is that you know Jim was saying he found. Um, some of it funny and you didn't and you know it's uh, that's the way it works i think so. humor
2: is so personal when i taught writing and i don't think you can teach writing but i was the instructor
1: sure.
2: i would i would remind people that humor is a very personal thing so if they're starting out yeah. to write humor and, don't and be you, blown over when you are I, falling I all over your chair
1: tonight on that and they, there was a thing about him riding in a cattle car to save money i guess and uh-huh. she said, Why were you riding in the cattle didn't you know you were riding in the cattle car? And he said, When I ride in the in the train I never look to see who's sitting next to me, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> over time. Oh, How <laughs> funny. And he says to I me mean, he said, when the porter came in he came in he said, weren't you suspicious? He said, Yeah, when the porter came in on four legs I was suspicious and then I ordered <laughs> some milk and got it in the eye. I mean, it was really, really <laughs> We were just, you know, not somebody else might say, well, that isn't funny at all.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. It really is a very personal thing. It's Humor is the hardest thing to pull off.
1: Yes, it is. Of course it is. Um, that's right. I also, oh, yeah, speaking of humor, and, you know, I've been working in nursery schools like all my life, and about 35 years ago, so this girl's going to be 40 now, I would say, um, they were talking about Loman and Barkley, and in in the, um, uh, they had this little a soap opera every day that they did called Light of My Life. And they would say, it's now 10.45, time for Light of My Life, and the organ music will start. Well, one day I was in, uh, the kids were doing some kind of play, and and I I wanted to hurry this girl up, and I said, Cindy, Cindy, it's come on, man, it's 4 o'clock. And she looked up at me and said, time for Light of My Life. (laughs) So I knew she'd been hearing it with her parents in the morning, but boy, it was actually That's cute. Isn't that cute? That's really cute. That is.
2: That is. That's a a chuckler, especially for a parent. I'm not even a parent, and it was funny. On
1: Valentine's Day, I had this group of four-year-olds, and I decided the song I would like to teach them, because it would be quick and easy, would be Love Is All You Need, the Beatles song, All You Need Is Love. Uh Uh-huh. And I started kind of playing with them, and I said, now to have a birthday party, what do you need? What do you really need? And a cake with candles. You don't need balloons, you don't need a clown, but you need those things. And then I said, what do you need on balance science day? And one boy just shocked the whole room. He said, love. Aww. <gasps> so, Aww. Have you ever heard the song? He said, no. So we learned the song. Uh, that's oh, my. Since one gets in an nursing yeah. school. Uh, um, I'm looking at this list. I've made a list because everybody has so <laughs> much information that you just want to, you know, throw in your two cents worth. Uh, I'm looking at national. I don't. You can't read my handwriting here, but uh, you know, and you know, I, and something you were talking about the national anthem, which is certainly the national anthem. The problem that I've always had with the national anthem is that it's so god, gosh darn hard to sing. It's really become a. I know <laughs> no, you can't. You, know?
2: you can't sing it.
1: And, um, and and some people, and I'm just saying, some people. This is Treasure Ivan being real like coy and on the radio. You know, some people say that the thing about this land is your land, everybody can sing it, and that's, uh, you know, for instance, I'll just say this, that Pledge of Allegiance did not say under God until
3: 1954.
1: Right. Right. And, there, and, I'm was way doing it. and I've always thought America a Beautiful is one that, I don't object to the, I think I think the Star Spangled band is an incredible report of an evening, you know, when, when something great happened, but... As far as something everybody could, say, I'd love, when, when you hear a large group of people, and I even do this with, with preschoolers, they can all sing this land is your land because they know exactly what it means, so
0: mm-hmm. I'm
1: just throwing that out.
0: Well, here's an, idea. Yes. here's an idea for you guys. You know, it was written in 1814, you know, next year it's the 200th anniversary yes. of the Star-Dangled Banner. Yes. You know when it actually became our national anthem, officially? No. Oh, it was very late. 1931. So if you think about it, we didn't recognize it as a country as an official song for over a hundred years. Yeah, and
1: do you know how Woody Guthrie wrote This Land is Your Land?
0: I do not know.
1: He heard Kate Smith like a month before, and he didn't like the song. And so he wrote his song.
4: So
0: he just no
1: to he, figure history, you know. There's just no way to figure how we have the culture that we have. But that's a true story. It's in his biography.
0: So he wrote, yeah. he who, like he God, God Bless him. I don't am-
1: like it. I don't, you know, he was an atheist. He yeah. had yeah. his own agenda. But that was what inspired him to write that song.
2: Wow. So he he issued
1: God, God Bless, bless America, America.
2: And this was his... version um,
1: his, Rather his, than just griping about it, he wrote his own song. So he, wrote,
2: he, he, he just went and song. wrote his own song, yeah. When I say you don't mess around with... The National Anthem, I don't think the National Anthem was written to be a jazz piece.
1: Or a samba, or, no, I agree with you, I, I, that, completely. Yeah, right, and that's exactly it. it. I mean, it Robert is not Millet a rap. In the, what was it, the 60s? I think it was before a prize fight. When Robert Cray, he got about as far as the first line and then he got completely lost. And I mean, he forgot he the famous, words. Well, jazzing it up. I feel the same way.
0: You, you remember, is um in the late '70s, I think '78 or so, Frank Sinatra was singing it just in front of doctor, and he forgot the word, so he just sort of hummed his way through the song.
1: Sure, And that's that can happen. And it can happen, i experience with my own songs, as a matter of fact. You know, which reminds me again, um, my song Fire Truck this last week. Uh, rank racked up uh, f- uh, four and a half million hits on YouTube.
2: Wow! Oh, hooray! There's wow!
1: Schoolers out there, and uh, that was quite a treat. Um, and I will not give you my. Um, uh, then I'm going to give you the real treat. I got a girl for you to talk to, uh, Patricia, my wife. Uh,
2: <laughs> um, oh, all right. School, yeah, I thought you know, some, all right.
1: This show. That's right. She'll be on in a minute. Okay. And tell you, Engineer Eva, we call her now. <laughs> uh, Engineer. Gonna coming up in the All next right. Weeks. We're going to have two Treasure Ivan shows, which are going to feature, I don't think you've ever heard this, Walden, but we're going to have Groucho Marx doing the funniest song in the world, the only children's record he ever made. Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to have uh, Peter Hayes doing the one that, <laughs> when I was three years old, it just really set me up for the rest of my life. It's called uh, Genie's a Magic Record. We're going to have Train to the Zoo, which features the Weavers, who were blacklisted at the time, and so their names were not on the, uh, the record, but it's, you can hear Pete Seeger and his banjo quite clearly. Right. We're going to have Gene Kelly doing The Shoemaker and the Elves. We're going to have Tex Ritter doing uh, The Pony Express Story. Um, Treasure Ivan is just full of good stuff uh, for this next two weeks on uh, on on. A, on
0: by the way Thursday, thir- i just got groucho Marx daughter's phone number and, oh, she, really? and, right. and she's agreed to, to be on the show so I will Thanks. give her a call Patricia, if you want we can have groucho Marx daughter on and talk about her <laughs> dad
1: okay. well, Great. Fine. We'll, that will be the now tomorrow morning yeah. seven o'clock 705 uh, west pacific time um we're gonna the treasure Ivan show is, originates here and we're gonna have a program of Songs, about, songs and stories about flying to the moon that were done in the 50s, 40s, and 50s. One is, is called Rocket to the Moon. It was done in 1951. It was their concept of what it would be like to fly to the moon. Oh. I happen to know that Barry Hansen, Dr. Demento, played this record over and over and over again when he was a child, and he said it really it kind of set him up for what he was to become as far as being a radio personality. <laughs>
2: Dr. Demento, very good.
1: <laughs> right and we're going to have space patrol if you remember that the space patrol uh, a, rec- a a record for children based on space patrol we're going to have a record of tom and jerry Flight to the moon and all you have to do to hear this and plus some songs from the 60s mr spaceman by the birds and uh, holy modal rounders and harry nielsen all you have to do is uh, go to kyns you can stream it kyns 1340 san luis obispo or just kyns if you stream it it's a what it's Eva's favorite uh, show that we've done. We've done about 55 shows now and that's the one she likes the best. So, that's that's the Treasure Island report. How have you guys been?
2: I'm cool. It's we've hard been
1: to good. It's so I don't know how it can be. I've even said it on the show I said it's it's easy to get through, but I call your show sometimes the long goodbye. I <laughs> think you're going to leave, and then something else will come up, which is great that you're able to do that. You don't have to worry about commercials getting in the way. That's true. That's true.
2: And nobody with a gun over in the corner saying you're out of time, folks.
1: That's right. And so much good luck. I'll tell you something that may make you laugh or not. <laughs> I made a, 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 a um, vow, I guess, New Year's resolution this year that because I work with small children and because of my lifestyle generally, I personally talk radio is no good for me. I mean, I'm talking the, the standard guys. And,
2: no. <laughs> and I kind of made
1: up. And this, again, depending on your politics, maybe this is funny or not. But I started thinking in terms of, especially, uh, I'll call him Glenn, just Glenn, his first name, that that show to me has become like War of the Worlds. and And I think that's why I would listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like black people are out there, the Negroes are out there, the women are out there, the Democrats are out there, and we should all be very frightened, you know. And I think she does the same kind of thing that Orson Welles did. That's that's my joke for the night. It's a pretty bad joke, but <laughs> it's keeping me away from it. And it also makes it a lot easier for me to pitch Yesterday USA as what an alternative this is to just, just everything else on the ra- radio. I mean, it's just – it's all non-threatening. It's all – it's all easy. It's truly easy listening. And you don't go to bed crazy because you're hearing about, you know, all the horrible things that are going on in the world. If they're horrible things, they happened, you know, 50 years ago or, you know, inner sanctum or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So I'm really pitching your station. And I've always kind of wanted to do that now that I'm a disc jockey because I've listened to so much NPR when they pitch for money. And it's kind of second nature. So I will say that between my shows, we have 10 minutes open and um i'm using them to really pitch yesterday usa wow. and a wow. program because i enjoy it so much you know i mean that it's like having a family so cool. over you know i mean it's like a soap opera for real <laughs> that kid tonight he's <laughs> a student talking about his valentine's day yeah. was as poignant as any short story you could ever read or write i thought you know Can agreed
2: you,
1: you know it was beautiful it was really beautiful. And. Um, Anyway, I love you guys, I keep telling you that, you. and I'm going to turn you over to a real female voice, the dearest <laughs> wife I ever could imagine, this is Engineer Eva, and I'll bid you all a I uh, adieu, I'll talk to you later.
2: I do. Thank you, Ivan, have a great night.
5: Hello? Eva. Hi, Eva, how are you? I'm well, thanks, how are you guys?
2: I am fine, it's so good to talk to you again, sometimes I think Ivan has you hidden in a closet somewhere, because he hangs up <laughs> and we don't get to say hi to you. So have you oh, gone I, to I
5: certainly have been listening to you folks and, and to the other nights on yesterday USA and of course we like hearing everybody call in. We sort of feel like we know everyone.
0: Well now I Eva, know. Eva we Eva, really do just, have a family. Just, Eva how how has it been adjusting from the East Coast yeah. to the West Coast? How 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 have you handled that so far?
5: I think I like it. It's been a little bit strange. The uh-huh. energy here is really different. We live in a little teensy tinesy town. It's not even a town. We have no streetlights. Um, you know, we, in fact, if you look us up on Google Maps, our address doesn't even exist. So <laughs> <We're laughs> out of the way. So that's really different than Manhattan. Oh. Um, but I really love the weather here, and I like the people a lot. Everybody's so friendly.
2: So that's that's a lot different from what you're accustomed to in the city, where people are afraid to say hello, you, you just never know.
5: Well, I used to think that walking to, you know, walking the streets of New York, everybody walks. They don't drive in cars. And when you're in a car right. out here in California, because of course, you know, it's uh, LA is a great big freeway, and that extends further north too.
4: That's true. And
5: when you're walking around, it's it's like um, you're in your car in New York, and everybody wears their sunglasses, and, and they respect the privacy of the walkers. Yes. So it's it's a little different. Are
0: there it's, any, it's are, there very, any are there any are there any food or anything that you missed so far? Yeah, you, yeah. Know, you haven't found.
5: Yes, <laughs> yes, a lot of food I miss. What, what, we what? lived right in Greenwich Village. Uh-huh. The restaurant scene was pretty great. We had fantastic pizza, um, incredible baked goods, a uh, bunch of Italian restaurants. Um, and oddly enough, I think the thing I miss the most is my favorite Vietnamese restaurant. Oh. Really? Yeah.
2: And now this is interesting because um, the Vietnamese community at one time and i've not been to california at one time was a very sizable community in california so i'm surprised that
0: that, that, go ahead yeah it's down in um in garden grove where it's about a half hour from my first strong in the garden grove area uh yeah
2: but it would not have said the 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 culture is not widespread correct is that what you're saying Uh okay all right so eva has to travel to get Authentic Vietnamese food. So sure has to come down my way
0: to get, eat Vietnamese food. I'm afraid, yes. How,
2: how far? How far is that? Well, where you guys?
0: Where you guys? What city are you, in, Eva? We're closest to San
5: Luis Obispo.
0: She's about
2: ten hours away. Not good for a dinner. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, she and I even. Get, <laughs> I'll send you. I'll send you something non-perishable.
0: Yeah, you know, she and <laughs> I even get on the road at, at eight in the morning. They could be there by dinner. At you know.
2: Oh, gee. But for a dinner, you know, I mean, well, I guess they could they could come visit you. I guess. Yeah. So what have you been up to? What do you do with a day that's different from what you were doing in New York? Well, let's see.
5: Um, I spend a lot of time knitting and sewing lately, which is um, something I like to do. I've been doing some research into historic clothing, which um, I didn't get a whole lot of time to do when I was working. Um, And also, I'm working now at a small museum called the South County Historical Society. I'm not getting paid. It's all volunteer, but they've appointed me curator of textiles, so instead of uh, running an education department, I get to play with old clothes, which is a lot of fun.
2: Oh, wow. It sounds like this is something right in your ballpark. I did not know that any museum in the whole wide world had a section set aside for textiles other than perhaps a textile museum.
5: A lot of historical societies have um, textile collections, and because they're so f- fragile, once you get, you know, something that's 70, 80 years old, starting, yeah. at, you know, even 150 years old, textiles are incredibly fragile. The only thing that's more fragile is paper. So they have to be cared for by um, somebody who knows what they're doing, which unfortunately isn't exactly me. But I've hung out with enough textile conservators I at least know the right questions to ask.
2: Yeah. I remember
0: excuse me, but- I was- if I remember, you were doing a lot of some internet work too when you moved out to California, right? With, yeah, I'm also, yeah,
5: I also work with web design, which is a lot of fun and it gives me a good skill set for producing Ivan's radio show. There you go. Yeah.
2: What a pair. What a pair. I have seen uh, historic displays or exhibits, I guess would be a better word, that include what people have said are authentic Civil War uniforms. Is that possible? Absolutely. And uh, I mean, these are out in the open. They're not protected. They're not encased. They're not. I would put that behind glass with with, with alarms that said, "Do not touch or I'll break it." You know, I'm meaning your finger. But they don't seem protected. Why? It. The majority what would, what of would you,
5: historic objects in our country are held by small organizations, some of whom don't even have a single paid staff member. And in a way, that's unlike other countries where, for example, in England, there's a whole lot of government money that goes into preserving history, and we just don't have that here. We have have a national trust similar to England, but in England a national trust comes with a lot of money attached. Here they just say, you've got a designation, you go off and take care of it on your own. Yeah. a lot of people are, you know, doing the best they can with very limited funding and oftentimes not a whole lot of knowledge about what they've got or how to properly care for it. And um,
0: I, mm, I also seem to remember, Patricia, that um, when I was going to college, my the gal who did the bulk of my reading, she went and got her degree in museum. And what she wanted to do is work in textile. And oh, was, she did. Yes, yeah, but she couldn't find a job. She, basically, people who have those types of jobs, you have to wait till they die before you can get into the museum to have those types Uh, of
2: jobs. Such a a highly specialized Uh area. Um, Eva, if you had a Civil War uniform, Mm -hmm. what preservation process would you go through?
5: Well, there's, there's a couple of things. When you have something old, you sort of have to ask, why am I keeping it? You know, what's the point? Are there any others like it in the world? And in the case of a Civil War uniform, absolutely. If it's a Civil War uniform that belonged to General Grant, you're obviously going to want to take a lot better care of it, and that's called provenance, when you know who owned it or you know a story about how it was used or something like that. So if, uh-huh. it, was, um, you know, if it was worn by a soldier who played a pivotal role in the Battle of Gettysburg, you're going to want to take much, much better care of that and um, store it in an acid-free box wrapped in um, undyed muslin, cotton muslin, and probably not take it out of the box very often because textiles have limited exposure to air and to light. But if, for example, it's just some random Civil War uniform, and not that, they're, you know, that there are lesser Civil War uniforms, they're still pretty neat to have, but there are certainly enough of them out there that maybe it's more valuable to have it out and let people look at it. So like, as long as there are multiples of them, and some of them are being saved, and the ones that have the more important stories attached to them are being better taken care of, sometimes the best way to use an object is to just put it out there and let it be destroyed by having it on display because it does more good that way than keeping it in a box.
2: Well, that makes a whole lot of sense. And in the deterioration department, it would take a while to do that. But in the meantime, look how many people you've touched in a display. And, you know, wow, I like that. Yes, I like that. Okay. I can accept that now
5: the needs of the people today with the need to preserve history for future generations.
0: So yes. Eva, what are you handling? Are you mostly uh case we live in California, is it mostly Indian artifacts? Is it mostly Western garbage? What the what what are you working with at the moment? Well
5: the collection that I work with is mostly um, it's mostly uh, a sort of like standard American clothes. And they, we have a few pieces from the 1860s, but mostly it's from the like, 1900 onward. We mm. even have some things from the 1980s. But I got, I've been working especially with the uniforms lately. A lot of people from our area who served in the military have donated their uniforms um, to be preserved. And we know who wore them. We know, you know sort of where they fought and things like that. And we recently acquired a naval kit, and it was so cool. It was from World War II, and the young man joined the, the Navy right after he graduated from high school. He joined in 1941, and we don't know where he served, but we have his sort of standard-issue flannel uniform, and then we have this beautiful uniform, and they're in perfect shape, uh, that he had custom made for him, and it has all this fancy embroidery hidden on the inside, including what were called liberty cuffs, and I had to do a lot of research to figure this out. But they're these embroidered patches that were sewn inside the cuffs of the the shirt, and you would turn them back when you were on shore leave, and you could cut quite a dash. They were considered very. um, (laughs) Wow. But if you got caught with them on the boat, because, of course, when you button them, you can't, when you button the cuffs, you can't see them. If you got caught with them, your shore leave would be revoked.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Well, (laughs) isn't that a piece of creative (laughs) picking up? Oh, my gosh! Yes. Well, I I'd if be any impressed.
5: Listeners have ever heard of Liberty Cuff. No. I know I things never things did. Before, but
2: I never I even would have been familiar with the concept. So
0: how of, did he, how did you find out information about it? Eva? did you look on the net? Or how did you yeah, find I out? Yeah, I looked
5: on the internet.
2: Uh-huh.
5: Wow. I I forget what I googled because I didn't know what they were called, but I finally found somebody who collected them and they had a lot of uh-huh. information about it.
2: <clears throat> were you in touch with that person?
5: No, I haven't been. Actually, that's a good idea. I should email him and let him know that, that we have them and just send him a picture, maybe.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, he'll be out on the next train.
5: <laughs> <laughs> wow,
0: what airborne. a piece of work. So, are you going to be of working of work? on an exhibit this summer? What some of the plan for the uh, for the, the clothes? Anything in particular that you guys... Well, have our,
5: next, our next exhibit is going to be um, about aprons. And we have a bunch of aprons that are going to, they have to be, some of them have to be washed. um, And we have to do that using special soap and they can't be agitated. We have to use distilled water and they have to go in a big tub and lay flat. So that's going to be a lot of work. But what I'm really excited about is, um, as as Patricia pointed out, you know, it's hard to display these things. Mm -hmm. They're fragile, they fall apart. um, And so it's really hard to share them with the public. But the Internet is so great because it allows you to take photographs and descriptions and create a database that will let people see it, even if they never actually see see it in person. At least they can see it on the Internet.
0: Do you know, mm-hmm. here's the trivia question for tonight, about aprons. Yeah. Do you guys know what the most famous apron in radio might be? So- the
5: most famous apron, apron in radio?
0: Is, yeah, associated with a radio show.
5: Oh my goodness. I'm guessing it's worn by a man. That's right. I know Jack Benny has one, but I don't know... Don't, I, I don't and I, I'll, I'll, tell you, I,
0: I'll tell you, I'll tell you, if Duffy's Tavern, Ed Garner, you know, you, you played the barkeep on Duffy's Tavern. He wore an apron, uh, in his, and he had every star sign the apron. And, oh it's, sti- and it's still in existence. I think my our friend Martin Graham is working on his upcoming book that'll come it'll have a picture of it um... available that even a collector still has it but i my thinking that's probably the most famous apron of, of radio so.
2: preserving that right. must be a nightmare because you've got people's handprints right. and Autograph. skin oils mm-hmm. oh my gosh
5: well that's a case where um, from a, conser- a conservation point of view obviously you want to keep that very safe you don't want to expose it to light or put it on long-term display but let's say that, for example, you discovered that some of the ink was starting to degrade the fabric. Right. Yeah. Normally, if you have ink on a piece of fabric and you're trying to save the fabric, you'd wash out the ink. But in this case, you'd ruin the, the historical value of it if you did that. Sure.
0: So what would you do, Eva, in, in that case? Would you just hopefully store it in a box and just take photos of it? What would you actually do? You
5: would. Well, you would want to protect it um, from light, from dust, from air – um well actually not from air you want to have air circulation but you want to make sure the air is um not too hot not too humid and you just basically put it in a box and and um there's really not a whole lot you can do
2: so you do everything to minimize the deterioration but there's no way that you can stop it altogether.
5: yeah wow exactly you just want to make it last um you know
2: yeah part of yeah. it is
5: that technology is always evolving and conservators can do things today that they couldn't do even 10 years ago. So yeah. if we can make them last through our lifetimes, who knows what's mm-hmm. going to be possible in the future.
2: <sighs> Hermetically sealed. We'd like to do that with our kids and with everything that's <laughs> precious to us.
5: Well, i got to say one thing that I love is what everyone's been doing with radio programs lately, the, the way they've been restoring them. I don't know the fellows who've been restoring um, the Gene Shepard tapes. Incredible. You
1: are doing a great job.
5: They've been doing a great job. Am I breaking up?
0: Nope. You're doing good. No. You're doing good. They've been doing a great job. You're right, Eva. The the preservation of it. It's so much better today than it was 40 years ago when I got started collecting for 76. You're absolutely right.
5: Yeah, I mean, I imagine then, you know, you were looking at tape. I know when Mm -hmm. Ivan first joined Birdback and the tape library, he would, you know, he would dub everything onto tape. Yep. And we, we still have hundreds and hundreds of case of old radio shows that are obsolete now because we can just download
2: wow so you're you're still into mysteries you're still into detectives you're still into puzzles do you like agatha christie
5: you know i i had a phase where i read everything that she ever wrote and i even bought some of her books in french (laughs)
2: in French all right well I have discovered some Agatha Christie's that I have not read before I know I've read all of the Hercule Poirot's and all of the Miss Marples and most of the Tommy and Tuppence ones
5: yeah
2: but there are some that are they're kind of orphans I would call them orphans because they're not attached to each other they really are standalones and I'm Starting to uh, go work my way through them, so it's it's you know a different experience. I'm waiting for one of her detectives to show up, and of course he or she doesn't. But have
5: you guys uh, ever seen as a Haley Mills movie based on an Agatha Christie story? No. She made it when she was an adult, and actually it's a horror movie. It has a terrible ending, um, and I'm not remembering the name of it. I'll have to ask Ivan, but um, she she was in an Agatha Christie movie. It was one of the scarier ones.
2: Wow. Oh my goodness. Well, there was a great PBS show and it's probably part of one of their regular routines when they're looking to raise money in their fundraiser modes. They were featuring Agatha Christie, but they had David Suchet do an entire segment. It must have been an hour long. He took a trip from start to finish on the Orient Express and the, you know, the actual train. And went through the compartments and talked about the features of the train that they used when they made the the uh, when they filmed the Orient Express. And oh my gosh, it was just so wonderful. Oh, but how cool is that? I, oh, it was just great. I I would love if I could find it. I but I'm sure they would they would allow us to buy it for a mere $250 contribution, which of course I do not have. But. <laughs> One day somebody is going to come up with this David Suchet piece and it, it was just great. Just well, great. I'm and of kidding. course he he's
5: movie was called Endless Night and it came out in 1972.
2: Are you serious? This is the book I'm reading right now.
5: You're kidding. <laughs> I am
2: in Endless Night. I'm about 50% through, maybe a little bit more than 50% and it's starting to get I'm starting to get a little uneasy here. <laughs> So to it your hands doesn't on, I didn't be her
5: scariest book.
2: Oh my goodness, boy did I pick a good one, right?
5: Well, just think when you're done you have the reward of looking up a Haley Mills movie. So.
2: Oh wow. What well, isn't that weird? I mean how many hundreds of opportunities but I don't know how many books she read. She wrote, what was it, maybe eighty, hundred? Plus who many who, how many short stories? I don't know. And this is the book I'm reading. I'm looking at it right now.
5: Wow, that's
2: Endless night. Ooh, ooh, hey, this is spooky, huh? I guess,
5: I guess we must all be connected.
2: Yeah, all of us are. Yes, we're we're in the ether here. Um, are you in the market for a trivia question?
5: Sure, I'll take a stab at one.
2: All right. Do you have a? Are you into Sherlock Holmes?
5: I read the books, but we sort of avoid the radio programs because Ivan is not overly fond of of the radio program, although Clippercraft clothes, I would love to buy him some.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I want you to say that three times fast.
5: <laughs> I don't think I could.
2: I don't, there are times when I have heard the announcer, I don't even remember who is announcing the Clippercraft clothes commercials, but he would get it mixed up and he would say, cripper craft <laughs> And it was, I mean, that's a very hard word combination to put together. Clipper, craft, clothes.
0: That's very hard. The thing that always got me about that commercial, they talk about these stores in New York. I thought there was a national show. Why would they be talking about the different outlets in New York? It was, it was, it was interesting to hear how they were pitching
2: the product. That's all. That's
5: a good um, point. I never thought of that. Yeah. But, Eva,
2: and you probably know this better than I, and Ralph helped us with this question one night. Clipper Craft was a brand of clothes that was sold by a number of outlets, and all of the outlets were in New York. Um, I think they were all in New York. But why? The the show was produced in New York, was it not? Was it? it Um...
0: Not, by then it probably was, yeah. It, by it, I think that was 1948. I think by then it probably was, yes.
5: Was Clippercraft their second sponsor? Wasn't there somebody else first? You had... Oh, they had a
0: bunch. They had, at the beginning, you had a co- George Washington Coffee.
5: Wow, I don't know if I've ever heard any of Then
0: those. Then you had Global Quinine, we've all heard of that, and then... And then Petri Wines, that's what most people remember. Yeah, that's during, the
5: one I was thinking of. Right.
0: And then the Clifford Claff, or whatever you want to pronounce that. Close. <laughs> you have trouble with it, too. <laughs> those, but those uh, are the main ones, you bet. I,
2: I just typed in mm-hmm. real quick here, and the archive.org explanation came up. And these are not always correct. But they talk about G. Washington T. as a visitor. To hear Holmes' story.
5: That would fit in with the whole clippercraft
2: yeah.
5: um, and Petri wine format, where, where they had somebody come and talk to Watson.
2: Yeah, that's true. So if if it was George Washington coffee, then we had G Washington tea as a visitor. I guess. Yes. So. Um, mutual Broadcasting System. So Mutual was located in New York. Right. So that's what it was. I wonder if it was a New York show that just. I don't know. Was it broadcast nationwide? I thought at, so. At the time of recording? I thought huh. so. I don't know. Well, you know, it's really interesting. I'll have to. What I really need to do is look up Clipper Craft clothes and see where they were sold. Because for a New York show, they would be advertising New York well, stores. Well, do we
0: even but, st- do they, If that brand still exists, then when did it ever go
2: out? Well, let's see a 1957 magazine that's up for sale. I don't. I don't think there is. I
5: tell you, if you oh, guys can find sixteen clipper cloth, cl- 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 <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I'm buying Ivan a suit.
2: There you go. Gotcha. All right. Well, we'll find that. Well, anyway, I asked you about Sherlock Holmes because I want to know what Sherlock's brother's first name is.
5: Mycroft. Oh, right. my. Very good.
2: Oh, see, I am so impressed. I am so impressed. Now, tell me if there is a detective you are just dying to have and you don't have in your collection.
5: Well, I am passionately fond of any detective shows that Dick Powell does.
0: Oh. You've got actually, good taste. The
5: one show, this is not a, it's not a series, but the one show that I would love to hear, and I think I've probably heard it, but I don't remember it, is the pilot of Johnny Dollar where Dick Powell plays Johnny Dollar.
0: December 7th, uh, 1948.
5: Good
2: I, I'm pretty sure I have that
0: one. <laughs> I agree. That, so that's, yeah, that, that's good. And it's interesting, ladies, that he decided not to do Johnny Dollar and then just go ahead and take Richard Diamond. Isn't it Inter- interesting? So that
5: was his choice. It yeah. wasn't like they said, you know, move over, we're, we're not going to take you.
0: No, it was his choice. My understanding, he decided to not do it and take Richard Diamond instead.
5: Wow. Well, Richard Diamond really fit him a lot. So they
0: sure did. 90 Dollar would not have been as good. No, but you know, if you listen to, you know, like his first attempt, um... "Murder My Sweet," that he did for Lux, June of 1945, June 18th of
5: 45.
0: Was he in the movie of that, or? Was uh, yeah, he was, movie, he was in the movie, and then he did the Lux, and that put him on the, you know, broke the mold from him to being a song and dance, uh, you know, a, a song guy to. The boiled b- Detective, and then he did Richard Rogue in 1946. Yeah. And then, uh, as you pointed out, the Johnny Dollar, and then off to Richard Diamond. Oh wow! So I didn't,
5: I didn't realize Richard Rogue came first. Yep. Huh. I mean, b- before the Johnny Dollar. Yep. That, interesting.
0: That's interesting. That's how it wound up, and uh,
2: we'll have to get. Well,
5: Richard Diamond was definitely the most realized. Oh yeah. uh,
2: Well, I will go scouting around and see what I can find for Dick Powell and 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 any obscure stuff that he might have done that we don't know about.
5: Well, that sounds perfect to me. I'm a big fan.
2: Well, I would be happy to do that. It's so nice to talk to you. I'm just so excited that we finally got to say hi. I have a long time.
0: I got an idea. Maybe you want to give Eva the copy of the interview that we did with Samantha uh, Kelly. I count? don't have it. You don't have that one yet, the time we had it? No, I don't.
2: I, you know, there are very few that I have. Maybe. Um, the, do you have the guy it?
5: Who played um, Dizzy on the Henry Aldrich movies?
2: Uh, Jimmy
0: Lydon. T-
5: try to remember his name.
0: Um, Eddie Blacken?
5: No. Um, um, let's see. Henry. No, it wasn't Henry and Dizzy. It was. Um, so, let's see. Henry Aldridge plays Cupid, was one of. Um, oh, no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't Charles Smith, it was Jimmy Lydon. Right. I think you did, did an interview with
0: Jimmy yep, Lydon. Yep, I, I just did an interview with Jimmy Lydon a few weeks ago, you bet. He
5: you, is, oh, what a heartthrob. I love Jimmy Lydon.
0: Oh, and he could, and you know, he's volunteering once a week in the sheriff's department, and he's bored, so he wants to go back to work, and it'll be 90 in May.
5: Wow. Oh, he. He stole my heart. I have the collection of Henry Aldrich movies, and I used to watch them over and over and over again. <laughs>
2: oh, I love Henry Aldrich. I think that was one of the classics, the entertainment classics. Radio movies didn't make any difference.
5: You know, Charles Smith was on... Um, he played Dizzy. He was sort of the, the, the um, nutty friend. Yep. He was on an Andy Griffith show, an Andy Griffith episode, and I almost dropped what I was holding when I looked up and saw Charles Smith <laughs> 20 years later.
0: Um, well, Eddie Bracken played it in the radio in the early days before he became a well-known comedian. Um, so was the
5: radio show on before or after the film?
0: way well, it worked... Um, it was a stage show. I think it was stage first. Then it went to the Kate Smith show as a oh, weekly wow. feature. Then it was radio.
5: Because Jackie Gleason was in the first couple films.
0: Right. Then it was movies after. It was Jack mo-
5: somebody. Jackie Cooper.
0: Right. Then it was movies after radio. Okay. Yep.
5: Movies after radio. Uh
0: huh. But it was short at the same time. And uh, we had a. Uh, Dickie Jones, who was, who was uh, Pinocchio, who also, who also played Henry Aldrich in the radio when Ezra Stone was in, in the war, so we had him on last year too. But uh, oh wow, how yeah. cool is that? Yep, making progress. Well, you,
5: you guys are just the coolest.
0: Oh, uh, thank you, Eva.
5: Well, and thanks so much for having me on. I will, I will get off and give give everybody else a chance. I've I've overstayed my my welcome, but I couldn't help it because I love you guys so much. You are so good.
0: Thank you so much, Eva.
5: Enjoy your evening. You too. Bye.
0: Bye. And I think I might have lost Patricia, everybody. Hold on. Everybody, please stand by. We are going to be figuring out what happened. And, uh, hold on there, caller. Let me, uh, let me get Patricia back on. So, please stand by. We're almost there. And we're back on. And Eva, and we lost Patricia we're at the tail end of Eva's phone call. So Patricia didn't get a chance to
2: say goodbye. You want to say bye, Patricia? Goodbye, Patricia. Good night, Eva. <laughs> I'm really, <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't get to say good night. Is this Ivan we have
0: back now? No. And Carl, you're on the air.
4: Who's Ivan? Uh, Hi Ron. there.
2: How are you? This is Ron from Hawaii. That's
4: right. I, I just. You know what happened? I just came back about an hour ago. My son, my grandson, who just turned 18, got his Eagle Award.
2: Hooray! Oh, my goodness.
4: Yeah. And he got a letter of commendation from the governor and two senators. And wow. All kinds of stuff.
2: Oh, that is super.
4: Yes, yeah, so it was very nice. We had a nice dinner, and there were of his other daughters and eagle. So there are three all together.
2: And you're not proud or anything?
4: Oh, I am. Oh, man. it was really cool.
2: <laughs> oh, that is so nice. I'm so glad.
4: Walton, did you ever hear of this program called The Pacific Story?
0: I've seen the title, I have not listened to one, but i seen he was it. was on
4: NBC uh-huh. for several years, uh-huh. and uh, I'm going to send Patricia some of those. Perfect. stories. They're very good, because they're very historical, you know, and stuff.
0: Now, Ron, I like I, history stuff. Ron, I have a trivia question for you. Yeah. <laughs> At, and I gave this out, actually, I think, last week, so Patricia knows the answer by heart. But you might have oh, missed really? it. Okay. What uh, what radio comedian uh, um when he was a young boy was the youngest Eagle Scout of all time.
4: Hey, I don't know
0: who. Uh, he Nelson. Really? He when he before he was thirteen years old he became an Eagle Scout. And that time when he was thirteen he was the youngest one of all time. So, there you go. You had to throw that in. So, what is the record now? Uh, Probably 12 and a half. I don't know what kid got it now.
4: My contribution tonight is to play a nice... A Valentine's song. All right. Wow. Alright, so happy Valentine's to all the radio listeners out in Radioland of yesterday. USA.
0: Was With that a Riker and Heart song, I'm trying to remember who wrote the song. You remember one?
4: No, not really. I gotta go check it out. Yeah. By the way, um um Patricia. Yes. Um did the Pony, Chris leave your house too?
2: Yes, yes, he's galloping and galloping. He's galloping. <laughs> All right. He's going to be starved by the time he gets to you. He's got, he's got quite a load.
4: Yeah, well, when you, when you, when my, when he gets to my house. They gotta swim, they gotta
2: swim, right? You they have to swim. Think. When do ponies retire? How old do they have to be? They
4: didn't last very long. I remember when we talked, somebody t- we talked about the Pony Express. Uh, how many years, Walden? It didn't last, I
2: mean... No, I think it was only 18 months. Something like that.
0: Something like that. And I think they still have some, uh, in Arizona something, once a year they do a Pony Express Recreation and where they actually can have your mail done through pony Express way, and it, it's it, it's a pretty short um Window in other words from one station yeah. to another to, to another station. They're, they're going hot and heavy pretty quick. Yeah, it
2: was it was very short They changed uh, ponies usually frequently changed riders occasionally the riders would say April 1860 to November 1861 yeah. Um,
4: Walden, do they have any Man Against Crime uh, shows available on on the, the, that you know all?
0: I haven't seen any of them. What what year did they come out?
4: You remember Ralph Bellamy, right?
0: Yeah, I sure do.
4: He played the main part, I think, on on that particular program, Man Against Crime.
0: Yep. I think
4: I'll talk to Jerry Hendricks, because I'm sure...
0: Uh, Ralph Bellamy was a uh, a fan of old time radio. Really? And, yeah, and he uh uh he would a member of Spurback. Oh. And um they would keep him but he was good friends with uh James Tatney. And one time um the guy who wrote the books on Lux trail Theater, uh Ralph Bellamy drew him a stage layout. How they used to do Lux Radio Theaters, and so he sent, he sent that to him. So that's of the memories I have of Ralph Bellamy. Oh. Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. But he
4: had a nice, um, nice radio
0: deep voice. voice.
4: Uh-huh. Real nice radio voice. Well, um, what's on the agenda for tomorrow night? We're
0: going to have Eddie Hubbard's show at the top of the show. He's a famous Chicago disc jockey. We're going to play some of his stuff. Uh, after uh, Michael Beal, we're gonna feature some John Dunning interviews and uh, We're gonna have a good time featuring Different interviews from John Dunning. So that's sort of on the docket next Friday uh, John we gonna hold the, the uh, radio show down for the first two hours. Cause I will be At the, the Navy marching band is performing three blocks from my house
1: wow.
0: so I'm gonna go to the concert to enjoy the, the Navy, and then I'll come back here, and then we're going to call Kathy Garver, and she'll be our special guest at Friday night, and Patricia and I will hold out to Fort Saturday, and then uh, Sunday, so I'm waiting, everybody, I, uh, we're going to be talking to Loretta Young Sun on Tuesday, we're going to record that, and uh, but I'm holding off some of the interviews because I'm supposed to get new carpet in here, so we're going to tear down my whole house. We're, 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 so it's supposed to be in to this. The broadcast world is on hold. <laughs> so, so, me, we're gonna tear the whole studio down. We're gonna un, we're gonna have to uncouple all the computers, all the broadcast equipment, yank it out here while we're putting it in carpet. So I'm um, showing <laughs> something.
4: You know what is really scary? I hope you know how to put it back together. We're
0: gonna have to hope and pray, right? Everybody's gonna say. <laughs> Well, Walton's not on the air. Dad, my his dad got frustrated through the through the broadcast equipment in the swimming pool. You know, I
4: could... i have to mark which wire goes Oh,
0: on. it's gonna be a job.
4: So I, otherwise, it
3: really can be...
0: Well, the biggest thing my mom and dad are hoping for, they want to get all the wires off the table. I have so many wires, from the computer, to the broadcast, to all the different... We want to figure a way to get all the wires off the floor. And put on it to the table somehow.
4: Yeah, because then it looks much neater and safer too, right?
0: Yeah, well, when Mom vacuumed around here, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just hope we make it through the through the week,
2: you know.
4: I don't blame you.
2: Yeah.
4: Well,
0: Poor
2: Mom. I wouldn't go to sleep if I were you.
4: <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, you guys, I want to wish you guys all a happy, val- belated Valentine's Day.
0: So what did you do for your for Gail? Anything special on Thursday?
4: Well, we got some chocolate. free passed chocolates all over the place.
0: Uh, I Had to work
4: Thursday night. Everybody sang love songs and stuff. It was really nice.
0: What 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 was the most requested love song that you had to play?
4: They wanted to hear. Love is a many splendid thing.
0: That's a big oh, nice. big big hit of the 1950s.
4: Yeah, the four Yep. Sing it.
0: I had the Four Aces on the show here a few years ago.
4: Now, Al Albert was not part of the... No. He was, not then he left.
0: Right. Right.
4: But they made so many songs famous with Al Albert. Three Coins in a found.
1: Yep, big hit.
4: Out of My Heart. Those Wedding Bells are bringing up that old gang of mine. Yep. There was so many... Oh, by the way, we're talking about sing-alongs. On the... Uh, Twenty sixth of this month, which is a Tuesday, I'm performing at a Senior Living Center and we're gonna have a sing along with Ron night. And it should be fun because we'll be singing song like Shine on Harvest Moon by Life. Oh
0: my Oh, the great classic.
4: And Casey Daisy, bring me your give me your answer to and
0: do you, you you sing "Kiki Kika is
4: That's right.
0: Um, let's see. Have anybody seen my gal? That's
4: right. Yeah. Rosemary. Yep. And then we're gonna take me out to the ball
0: game because
4: uh, all season has ascended upon us.
0: Did Hawaii still have a Triple A baseball team?
4: No, not anymore.
0: Not anymore? No.
4: The last, yeah, they were gone kind of a long
0: time ago.
4: Wow. The Hawaii Islands. Yep. Do
0: we have even a double-A or a single-A team or anything in Hawaii?
4: So, if you want to go to baseball, you go and see the University of Hawaii Rainbow. I see. That's college.
0: Stuff. That's true. That's well,
4: um, how's the weather in, in um, Costa Mesa?
0: Nice. It was nice and warm today. Um... Probably somewhere in the 60s right now be my guess. I got my sweatshirt on. You know, I'm cold. What can I say?
4: Pretty breezy in Hawaii today. The wind is really blue. How about your area of Florida? I'm cold. Oh.
2: It's going to get to 40 degrees tonight, and right now it's oh. 55, and I have shoes on. That's a very bad sign. That's not good. Very bad sign. We have to put our shoes? Well, yeah. When well, I wear shoes, it's cold.
0: Well, no, no, we're in desperate straits when, when she has to put socks on, too. There
4: you go. <laughs> yeah, it must be cold in yeah. Florida. Well, we've been having breezy weather, but but it's been trade wind breezy weather, so it's been pretty nice. However, when it's even like 70, 70 degrees, when it's breezy, it's kind of cold in Hawaii. And actually
0: it's only because of the wind chill, you know. Hey, hey Ron. You have Hawaiian pizza in Hawaii? What?
4: Hawaiian
0: pizza in Hawaii? Yeah,
4: they put pineapple.
0: Okay, I just want to make sure we... Oh man. I want to make sure we, California, aren't the only crazy people that do that kind of stuff.
4: (laughs) Yeah, right.
2: Two groups of people who know how to kill a good pizza.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: you got it. Well, you guys, uh, keep up the good work. Oh, any any exciting find that you found, Patricia?
2: Oh, my goodness, yes.
4: In your, in your next shipment, yes. and there's no rush, we'll build up another nest egg. I want to hear that Canadian whatever thing that you've been talking about that you found it you found quite interesting. There was shows that was on a Canadian radio station or network or something.
2: It was a, a Canadian production. There, one of them is Detectives. Do you like Detectives?
4: Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, all right, well, it's Quentin Nichols. Quentin Nichols is the name of the detective. And it took me two shows to kind of get into the swing. But they're repeat characters, and it's it's kind of fun. So I will put Quentin Nichols in your folder.
4: Yeah, and then you just write it down. We'll build up a nest egg again, and we'll have some fun. But, um, okay. we'll look forward to receiving the ponies when they come to Hawaii, and, and we'll send them back with some stuff to bring back to you, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it because And if you don't just put them in your – Awful radio show
3: <laughs>
2: I won't be Do you have it? All right, this is great. I'm glad you mentioned that because our question for tonight is do you have some nominations for the awful show folder?
4: You know, I see I, I never and this is not local network but or United States network, but I can't stand the goon stores. Yeah, a good Show. Yeah, that's an
2: acquired taste. I think you're right. It is an acquired taste. I've had people ask for it, and there's also a show that followed it, Idiot Weekly, that apparently is a parallel to it. Um, and I, I can't get into that stuff, but a lot of people do.
4: The Goon Show. Yeah, my friend, he loved the Goon Show. He used he used to.
0: Well, you know, the story behind that, the BBC didn't save any of it, so it was collectors that saved it. Really? Yep.
2: Mm. Do you think your friend would like Idiot Weekly? I don't know. Well, I mean, if he likes the Goon Show, he would like Idiot Weekly.
4: He probably would.
2: I'll send it to you.
4: <laughs> anyway, we'll talk to you guys later, but the Goon, Goon Show is number one on the top of my list. <laughs> Damn, good.
2: All right. Well, you know, I'm going to give another listen to it. it, it my because bad show is a matter of personal taste, and I'll I'll listen to it again, and we might toss a couple of them in there.
4: By the way, the guy that last, when his wife called you, just the last before me. Uh huh. Are they? Um, there shows on yesterday USA or something?
2: Yep. Yes, Ivan has the children's show as Treasure Ivan
4: Is that the in one? the lineup. He has all the bulls with a clown and
2: uh-huh. shows. Yeah, he's got kid stuff, uh-huh.
4: Yeah, I, like, I hope I get to talk to Omeda one day because, you know, I grew up with those um, stories. And uh, it's amazing how he was able to generate a collection of all those kind of stories, and um, they're fun to listen
0: to, you know. You bet. So I hope I get to meet Ivan one day. We we'll have to so have Ivan on as a guest. That way, that way, uh, people can call him. That would work.
4: Why don't, you, why don't you do that? Okay. Have Ivan on as
0: a guest. Okay. Oh, hold on.
4: Hold on. Talk we'll, more
0: we'll arrange something. Oh,
4: hopefully,
0: hopefully his appearance fee is not too high we are gonna negotiate a deal yeah
4: i mean yeah yeah he, he, won't, he won't charge you more than what
2: yeah we don't have an awful lot to spend out of our salaries
4: he won't charge you more than what you did patricia you
0: know? i know yeah <laughs> yeah if each one us up the same salary patricia and i are making we can cut a deal
4: yeah you can yeah all right aloha you guys
2: all right. aloha ron thanks for the music it was great
0: he disappears so fast.
2: Man, he's got his finger on the button when he says aloha, the ha part is the signal, ha punch. 714, 545,
0: 2071. Ivan, we need to arrange you to be a guest on the station sometime. So if you That have, would be fun. If, you have to, if, be if fun. I have to negotiate something with your manager over there, let me know.
2: I think he's calling to let us know his his calendar is open. <laughs> Hello there, you are there.
3: My calendar is open. Well, you are then.
2: <laughs> How you doing?
3: Well, there's something not fair about people in Hawaii and California and Florida complaining about the cold weather. <laughs>
2: Well, there's something wrong with people who complain about cold weather and don't move to Hawaii or California or Florida. Did I do good, Walden? Patricia, you yes? have just come with the top of the night. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hello, Dan. We're talking with Dan in Indiana. How are you? How cold good. is it?
3: How cold is it? It's How cold degrees. is it? 18? What is it? Twenty. Yeah.
2: Two zero. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Well,
3: so. th-
0: now you know. I don't know. We should we really feel sorry for you? I mean, Gary from Indiana, Gary from Wisconsin called in with a, a minus ten.
3: Yeah, that's worse.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, when you get to twenty degrees, it's all over. You know, it doesn't make any difference how how worser it gets.
3: Now, see, if, if everybody moves yeah. to California and yeah. Florida and Hawaii, yeah. then you'd have no one here in the bread basket of the we, country.
2: That's right. They, We'd have nobody for comparative. Everything has
3: I, to have a so, comparative. So, in
0: other words, Dan, you're making the big sacrifice just for us.
3: Absolutely. Wow. We're here raising the corn, the wheat, and the pigs, and...
0: Well, why couldn't you, now, why couldn't you just rate those things in the, in the spring, in the fall, and just move them, in, move them to Hawaii, Hawaii or Cal in the winter?
3: Well, transportation, we eat up all the costs.
0: Well, I mean, if you ride them, maybe you can get them, in expensive way.
3: You know, we have to stay here and make the chocolate, and uh, make the chocolate. Oh,
2: Oh yes. Oh, um, Dan sent me. A, a, um, a, you see, you get me all upset here. A website for bourbon balls. Oh, oh, oh. oh you know, chocolate bourbon candy type things. No. Oh mean? man. Oh man, they are so good. And it, it, it's chocolate candy, but they're bourbon chocolate candy. Bourbon, what? as in booze. Now when. A list of ingredients yeah, appears. Yeah. They appear in the order of amount. So if something is made of flour, sugar, and milk, yeah. if there's more flour than sugar, flour yeah. comes number one. More w- more milk than sugar, milk comes number two. The recipe for these things, bourbon, is number one. Mm. That's the list of ingredients. I would like to die in that place.
3: Well, you can order online.
2: No, I want to go there and die in that place. <laughs> I want to die from sugar overload because I have eaten bourbon balls before, and they are so good. There is something about the bourbon flavor and chocolate blending. It is just too good. Huh. So I want to go there. I want to go there and die. I want to die of sugar overload.
3: Walton, we're going to have to add a, a, a personal appearance to the to the tour when you all come up.
2: Okay,
0: so where 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 is this located? I mean, is this going to be and uh going to be a far is this going to be an all day trip? And do it. Right. And do I
3: need
0: to? And do I need to get insurance for Patricia? <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're gonna get life insurance on me first. Well, well, I think that's smart. That's very wise. You know. You're thinking, Walden. You're thinking. <laughs> this is so the, how far how far away from Louisville are you?
3: I'm about 20 minutes from Louisville. <sighs>
2: so if that's where the candy place is, you could just leave me and go have a good time
3: Wait and pick me up on the way so home. So we
0: can go the first Saturday in May, right? Dan, Dan can take me down to the Derby and you can go to visit the chocolate factory, right?
3: That's right, that's right. The place is called Muth, M-U-T-H. Muth Candies.
2: Now, how long are you going to be at the racetrack? Well, I figure
0: I'm going to have to bet enough to pay for your chocolate, so we're going to have to figure this out.
2: I'm going there with a gun.
1: Well, You know, forget (laughs) paying
2: for it. If I'm going to die anyway, I might as well go out with a bang. (laughs)
0: If I Give me you. your
2: chocolate. I've got a I've got a sweatshirt that mm-hmm. says, Give me your chocolate and no one gets hurt. I see. So if I bet if we if we bought you a two hundred pound box,
0: I hate to find some somebody in the in the derby that's gonna pay me you know, ten to one. Uh, or no, something. you don't
2: have to you don't have to buy anything. I'm just gonna well, hold the place up.
0: Yeah. But problem, I, I won't be problem, able,
2: I won't be able to go home with the, you the
0: problem with that you Dan I'll be accessory to a crime so
2: I don't know why Dan and I want to well, be no, co- you're not going to be an accessory you're going to be at the at the track
0: well if we know you're going to take a gun
2: no I won't take a gun you know I don't I don't do guns I'll pretend I'll bring a comb you'll bring a and, cho- you'll bring a chocolate, a chocolate covered gun. No, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put a comb in my pocket and pretend like the old, uh, the old uh-huh. detectives used uh-huh. to do. Yeah. Yeah, as if they would shoot through their, their honest to goodness. What, what we would allow in some of these old movies. It was such fun. So that's where I want to go, Dan. Could you put that on the, on the visit list?
3: We can put that on the visit list, and we'll be within sight of the uh, Louisville Slugger uh, ball field where hey. they are playing baseball games.
2: Hey, we can well, do you that. you guys can have a good time there, too. <laughs> Boy, you know this time in the candy shop is really racking up here. Okay, so you're going to Churchill Downs, and then you're going to Louisville Slugger, mm-hmm. and... I'm going to the candy shop, and you're going to watch a baseball game, and I'm going to the candy shop, and you're going to watch horses run, and I'm going to the candy shop. This is working out very well. Now, where's
0: the AAA baseball team? I know they got a great ba- baseball team in Louisville. What do they Next play? Next to the
2: candy shop.
3: <laughs> they, they play right there on the uh, river, riverbank in a stadium, and they're called the Bats. The Bats? Mm-hmm.
2: Bat, like slap, slap, slap bat? Like baseball bats.
3: Well, basically, oh. uh, they're actually, you know, uh, they're actually called uh, the bats. Yes. They have a mascot what? as a bat, but, you know, the bat is you know, uh, you know, also of where, where they, make, they make the bats right down the
2: Right.
3: The there, what, so.
2: what kind of a logo do they wear on their shirts?
3: They actually have a a bat, uh, you know, like
2: the, the little creature. Running bat,
3: yeah, little creature. I love it. So, but uh, yeah, they uh, they have been pretty good over the years, but uh, you know they they have worked on that over
0: the years. They had a uh, great attendance. I think their, I think they got over a million people to attend their games during during the summer. It's been a pretty have in
3: the past, yeah. I guess. They have. I don't know how recent they set, they set uh, minor league uh, records uh back in the eighties when they were known as the Redbirds.
0: Right, 'cause they were the Cardinals affiliate. Yes, yeah.
3: yes they were. Yeah. A Ray Smith is the fellow who uh brought the franchise to town and We were actually with the uh, Milwaukee Brewers for one year um, as an affiliate of their baseball team. Now they're affiliated with the Reds. And, um, oh, uh, Homer Bailey was here. I mean, it's a farm team. You know, these kids come in and they play, and then they get called up to the Reds. And, in fact, Jim Kelch with uh, with the Reds, He started out as the announcer here in Louisville. So it sounds like we're really getting quite a tour planned here. Yeah, I think
0: so. I think Patricia got the chocolate factory all staked out.
3: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Live and direct from the chocolate factory. I know. No, these these are nice people. It's a family place. Don't go too wild. But do we even need to think about taking her down to Bartstown to the bourbon factory?
2: No, just the candy factory. She just wants chocolate. I don't. I don't want to drink. I want to eat the candy. <laughs> I don't drink. I, I mean, it's just that this bourbon happens to go so well with chocolate.
3: Apparently, have you had any of this in the past?
2: Yeah, one time before. Yeah,
3: Boy, it was that good. Must have been a red, that, that must be a red letter day for you.
2: It must have been because. When I saw them, oh, but they look so good. Their photography is wonderful. You know, I mean, even if you didn't like these things, you would love them just by looking at the photography. It was really great illustrations. I'll take four pounds.
3: Four. Four pounds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sir, <laughs> first pass. <laughs> Do they deliver? <laughs> yeah, you said that you can order them, huh?
3: You can order them right online.
2: Bourbon balls do not come in sugar free variety. you got to trust me on
3: this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there is no way, but they really do. They've got some wonderful treats there. Yeah. But this one really caught my attention.
3: <laughs>
2: Thank well. you for sending them. I mean, it was when, you, when you talk about eye candy, Eye candy, meaning something is really neat to look at. This was um, literally eye candy, with the photography hair. of the, of the yum-yums. They really looked good, Walden. And I think you would like them. I Did you like, go to the I, kitchen again?
0: I, I've been thinking about it, but I'm here. I been, you know, I like, ru- <laughs> you know, I, I'm hungry. What can I say? You know, and I like rum balls. Those are good. I like, I like fruit I, cake there you go you know
3: they they make peanut brittle and they make uh
2: oh yeah
3: cashew brittle too
2: cashew brittle That's interesting do they make
0: do they make tootsie rolls
3: (laughs) you know they i don't think they can call them tootsie rolls (laughs) i'm sure they make something very similar i think tootsie roll is probably a copyright. But they have a, about any kind of candy you can imagine. I picked up some little uh, uh, raspberry, like, candies, and they were incredible.
0: I like the raspberry chocolate thing. Those are good, too.
3: Well, they have that. They have their, their creams, and then they have, you know, their candy, you know, uh, they have candy caramels, you know, that for dip. Uh, they have majestas. Too. I don't know if you know what those are. Nope. No, those nope. are those are kind of caramel like candies.
2: And oh. bourbon balls?
3: And bourbon balls. Oh. And they just anything you really want. They make uh real red hops too. Wait a minute, I just
0: thought about can you always hear them are you using Kentucky
2: bourbon? Of course.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. That's yeah, so what I was just thinking. That's what the most famous bourbon in the United States, right? It's the Kentucky bourbon. Right and,
2: they,
3: and,
2: and they make Red Hots and bourbon balls.
3: Huh. And bourbon balls. They do. Yeah, they do. And,
2: and other stuff like that there. And bourbon balls.
3: And bourbon balls.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, well, you can almost it, smell them.
3: Oh, yum. I think they opened in 1921, and it looks like it hasn't changed one bit.
2: It looks like An intimate family place. They probably have a production factory that covers three city blocks. But the, the, even, even really the personality of the website is suggestive of the personality of the store. Mm
3: Mhm. But uh, no, I've gone in there. And and they make bourbon balls. I haven't asked for bourbon balls.
2: They do, they make bourbon balls. Now you're just gonna to have to go taste them and give a taste test report, please. Well I know That's a great assignment. I mean how many people get an assignment to go to a candy well, shop?
0: Well, I think Danny should do it on a day off just in case, you know, he, he wouldn't be get pulled over for drinking and driving.
2: <laughs> he got arrested for being candy intoxicated, yes. Uh Uh-huh. I'm on a sugar high, sir.
3: Apparently. Apparently. Mm -hmm. But uh, they make their candy right there in the back of the store. I mean, you can't see it. It's just around the corner there. but
2: But you know it's fresh.
3: Oh, yeah. Wow. It's so fresh. In fact, I ordered some uh, special candies, and uh, they were out, and they went right back there and made them. You could tell. Wow. You know, they were... um, They were kind of still warm.
0: So what did you ask for that they had to make for you?
3: They were just out of uh, the, you know, the jelly candies. Uh
2: Uh-huh. Bourbon balls.
3: Bourbon balls. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, bourbon balls. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they make those?
2: They make bourbon balls?
3: They make bourbon balls. Only Wow. And they don't deliver, so you have to come up and get them
2: uh uh-huh. well, we're we're gonna have to wait until the temperature gets a little bit different from twenty degrees.
3: Twenty degrees above twenty degrees.
2: Yeah, One, well above coldest, twenty degrees.
3: How cold has you been uh, here lately?
2: The coldest I've been. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Forty. 40? Forty. 40? Yeah. Four
2: four zero. Four
3: zero. And I have uh. no know. And
2: And I'm in the the tropical zone of
3: Florida.
0: And I have, you know, she had her blankets and everything wrapped around her when it got
2: down to 40 degrees.
3: I bet. She had
2: her blankies wrapped around her a lot (laughs) sooner than 40
3: degrees.
2: (laughs) I am a wimp. I am a wimp.
3: Well, I heard there was a cold front coming through Florida. It was going to come from the 70s down into the 50s.
2: Well, it did. It did. Yes, it did. Nobody lied. Yep,
3: that's what I heard.
2: They told the truth. Last week we were in the 80s, and this week, tomorrow it's going to be, it will be a stretch, but it says we might hit 61 tomorrow, which I know is summer weather for all of you suffering out there through the winter weather. But that really is quite chilly for us.
3: Let's see here. Looking at the forecast, it looks like on Monday, on Monday we're going to get up to a high of 53 degrees.
2: Now see, there you go. That's only 8 degrees apart from me.
3: That's right. Tonight we're going to get down to 18 degrees.
2: That's a lot apart from me. (laughs) Oh. Um well
3: how low is it going to get? How warm is it going to get?
2: No, how how low? <laughs> no, oh, not how
3: warm. How low is it going to get? Oh, let's see. It's going to be eighteen tonight and then uh Wednesday night it's going to get down to twenty again. And that's about the coldest it's going to get during the next uh okay. five days.
2: Oh, tomorrow night. We're only going to have a difference of 22 degrees. That's not huge.
3: See, that's not bad.
2: Well, it's not (laughs) bad for you.
3: (laughs) You can barely tell. But boy, Wisconsin, it was 10 below. Uh
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Honest to goodness. That's over the top or under the bottom. I'm not sure which.
3: Uh, Did he have snow up there, too?
2: I didn't ask. What They're a just, great question. Yeah, they just talked
0: about the cold stuff right now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. At, uh, At
0: 10
2: below, it's sometimes too cold. I, snow.
0: Yeah, I understand. It's so cold. It's so cold that the snow doesn't bother to come down. Yeah,
2: it, yeah. it's too cold. Yeah. The air is so dry when it's when it's that temperature.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: oh. Too cold cold. I even get cold thinking about it.
3: Well I'm looking at the weather rate or I'm looking at the weather map here in poor old Florida. It's all let's see here. I'm pulling it up here a little closer. You have Mail!
2: Uh, <laughs> just kidding. You have
3: you have a wind chill advisory. You have a hard freeze watch. Looks like for most northern Florida.
2: Yeah, that would be northern Florida. They get really cold. I'm down below the line, and I should be a whole lot warmer. You know?
3: you got, got
2: a free- Oh, wait. We've got one. Alerts for Fort Myers. Freeze watch, wind chill advisory, beach hazard.
3: <laughs> oh. Beach? Are you going with a... A set of bourbon balls to the beach? Why not? (laughs) You know,
2: if I have to be cold, that that might help, you know?
3: That might help. That might help. Right,
2: yeah. It's 50 degrees right now, and they are giving us a freeze watch and wind chill. All right, let's see what's coming up here. Hold on.
3: Hold on.
2: Dooby dooby doo.
3: It looks like a freeze watch in the Okay, morning.
2: freeze watch remains in effect from late Sunday night through Monday morning. So that's tomorrow night. Um, winds from the northwest. See, if you guys kept your winds where they belonged, we wouldn't have any problem here. Winds kidding, from the lady, northwest. Yeah, 20 miles, 20 miles an hour shifting to the north. That's even worse after midnight. 20 miles an hour is a pretty stiff wind when it gets that cold. Temperature. I can't I can't do this out loud. I can't. I just can't say it out loud. <laughs> 29 degrees.
3: I can't. 29 degrees. That's a, only 9 degrees difference. From what it is here now? 29 to 32
2: degrees. For many areas for several hours, temperature will remain in the 30s for coastal areas in some of the more elevated terrain. Patricia? Uh, yeah.
0: I think the next thing you need to do is look up the airplane. When do they leave Fort Myers? I know Mom will make a
2: bed out here if you want to stay warm. For yeah, got my bicycle out. I'm leaving now. Um, that means you our have crops. Have a
3: credit are. card in hand. I, yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> all <Well>, to Florida.
2: <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to have to piece it out. You know, <laughs> a little bit on this one, a little bit on that one, yep, but yep. our um, winter crops are going to be terribly damaged. 29 uh-huh. degrees. Yeah. Well, maybe they can have frozen oranges. Now the oranges will do fine. <clears throat> 29 degrees for nighttime. If the wind is blowing and and it's going to be blowing, mm-hmm. they're fine. And They can go down to 28 degrees without any harm. Um, but the the ground crops like tomatoes. Yep. That's bad. You have
3: to get out with your smudge pots. That's yeah,
2: right. I you know I haven't seen smudge pots. In I don't know how long, Dan, they usually right. use the, the overhead sprinkler systems, you know, the irrigation systems, yeah. and they freeze the trees. They freeze the trees and freeze the oranges, yeah. and it, it actually forms a shell. It sounds stupid, but here they, they encase everything in ice, and it keeps the warm in. Uh, it acts like an insulation, which I'm, now, it, I... Now, I want to know who... It's just who anathema, it, but... Yeah, who in the world thought of that idea? I don't know, but it works. Yeah.
3: Well, you it know, who is a great insulator? You get Say that again? No.
2: What is a great insulator?
3: insulator? Snow.
2: Snow? Snow is,
3: snow, yeah. Snow, yeah. You get two or yeah. three inches of snow or even more, it will... Uh, you... It's like on, if you're uh, dealing with like an ice, um, a snow-covered parking lot. When you mm-hmm. dig underneath the snow, you can kind of see where it's melting, you know, just a bit underneath. Yeah. So you know, when you get, you know, five or six inches of snow. Oh. So.
2: Well, thank you for making oh. me look. Yeah, I really feel okay. I really feel good that our temperature is going to be twenty nine degrees tomorrow. Thank you, Dan.
0: Are you gonna go shopping tomorrow, Patricia? Are you gonna to need to get Go oh, shopping.
2: I'm I'm going to drag out all my blankets. That's what I mean. You're gonna to need to go get a blanket or something? I mean my God. You know, you've got a, you know, for for the number of days that we have that kind of weather uh-huh. um on those days I wish I had an electric blanket, but it, it seems almost foolish to go out and get one for a week worth of awful days. Well, you know? if
0: you're going to freeze your little bunch off for a week,
2: you probably wish you had it. Well, I will just stay under my blankies okay. and I won't get out. That's what will happen. Just not going to do I didn't realize it was going to get that cold.
3: See, I really, I, from...
2: I, I do appreciate it so much, Dan. Thank you.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I saved you from frostbite.
2: Is that what you did? I well, don't think so. I don't think you did.
3: You're dragging out all your blankets, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. you going to hibernate like a bear in the cave.
2: I would have done that even if you hadn't said anything. <laughs> now now it's just a mental game. My brain will be working overtime, 29 degrees. Isn't that awful? Oh, um, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it is. That, that's That's cold. It's cold anywhere. It's really cold for here. For me, I don't know about here. <clears throat> but I always feel bad at this time of the year when we get a cold snap like that because people have paid fortunes to come down here and enjoy sunshine and a break from the cold.
3: And then they'll remember how nice it was back home. Maybe yeah.
2: Maybe the yeah.
0: Chambers of Commons and uh, Fort Myers don't let that information out. You know they
2: they well,
0: they they change, yeah. they change out so all the visitors don't really know how
2: cold it is and they don't see the temperatures around town. Well, the the National Weather Service has sort of trashed that one for us, don't they? Yeah. Uh, when is spring break, Dan?
3: Spring break uh, up here it's uh, it really depends on which school you're attending. Yeah. But. Uh, uh,
2: Easter
0: is March thirty first, so I'm assuming it's the week before. I would assume it'd be like the week of March
2: twenty five. I don't know. But it happens all over the place here. And um, spring break is, uh, it's, it's when everything is really booked up because the kids pour down here. You
0: have any idea what when spring break is for you this year?
3: I think it's the week of the eighteenth. Oh. Just a month from Monday. A month from Monday. Okay. Yeah. And actually, that would be, uh, I mean, that's spring, you know, that's spring week, I guess.
2: Well, that's right, because
0: the first day is spring. 21st. 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 So, yeah. twentieth. I, I can never keep track of when they hop the days around. And that's a big week. So you got St. Patrick's Day on the 17th. uh uh-huh. When the Swallows return to Capistrano on the 19th. And the first day is spring on the 21st.
2: Busy, busy,
3: busy. There are some schools here having spring break as early as the, uh, I think, the fourth of March.
0: Why would they do that?
3: I don't know why. They can't agree on. So well, I know, I'm one school that gets out, you know, before Derby Day, and it's like the midpoint of the semester. I mean, they began the first week of like around the fourth day of January, and, you know, they're going to get out first of May, so it's actually the midpoint of the calendar.
2: Mm. Do you have quarter quarter year semesters?
3: I'm sorry?
2: Do you have quarter year, three month semesters?
3: We have, let's see, I guess you could call that quarter year semesters. Uh, trimester, yes. Um, now in the summer we have, uh, a one-month summer session, a two-month summer session, and a three-month summer session. Depending on what class, you know. Yeah. You take. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, interesting, you know, I, I, in college I went with a quarter system. And our quarter system is ten weeks long. Ten weeks plus a uh, finals week and then we had two summer sessions so that's how, that's how I went to school
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. How about you Dan? W- were you on a semester or quarter system when you were going to school?
3: The semester I think is 12 weeks huh. for, for fall and um, for fall and spring okay. yeah. and then like I said there are three different summer sessions and like the first you know if you take class during the first summer session, it will just be in June, I believe. No, actually, it will be in May, and part of it will cover in June. But, uh, it's like a four-week session, and then there's like an eight-week session. I think the last one is about a twelve-week session. When I just fun ta- August.
0: when I take some fun classes at junior colleges, there are 18 weeks out here, 18, 19 weeks in a semester system. And it just seemed like the first six weeks, you're just waiting for them to get going. Just, I was so used to going, you know, my undergraduate, my graduate work on a, a quarter system. When I took some fun classes on a junior college, it just seemed like it took
2: forever. Well, allow me to mention, yeah. this is Panama City is up on the north end. Panama City has a list of spring break dates.
0: Yeah.
2: February 16th to the 23rd. We've got Illinois, Ontario, Canada, Maine, Massachusetts, Missouri, New York, Rhode Island, Virginia, Iowa, Michigan, Vermont, North Carolina. And obviously not all of the colleges from there, but it lists colleges. So now we're starting into the this week, week? Yeah. Into the week of, the, of February 23rd we have uh, New York, Vermont, South Carolina, Indiana, Virginia, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, North Carolina, and Ohio. March 2nd, we have South Carolina, North Carolina, South Dakota, District of Columbia, Florida, Illinois, Georgia, Indiana, Massachusetts, they have started. And we are going to keep going. The last week that they have listed is the week of. Hold on. That, Ooh, doesn't that seem, seem like an oxymoron
0: thing to call spring break in the middle of February?
2: In the middle of February, sure. Well, it's not an oxymoron, but um, well, I guess maybe it could be. No, no. The last week. The last week of spring break is April 13th. So it is spread out all over the place.
3: Well, they almost have to be to accommodate all those people coming in. Yeah. The ones that start out this coming week weren't most of those schools from, like, way up north for the most part?
2: Oh, yeah, most of them are from the north. I wonder where
0: kids are going now for Spring Bake. I mean, you should be out here in California, you should be Palm Springs or somewhere. A lot of them go to Mexico. Mexico?
2: hmm A lot of them don't come home either. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 not, it's not the best place in the world to choose, depending on where you're going. I mean, there are an awful lot of lovely places there. <clears throat> but there are some choices that are not the best in the world.
3: Well, isn't Florida the big destination for spring break?
2: We still are, yes, big time.
3: Yeah. Is yeah, it
0: little jarring in a way to see all the young kids well,
2: they're, they're all out at the beaches Okay. so if you stay off the beaches you're fine um, because they, they tend not to want to do anything except beach stuff and there's loads to do out there in addition to sitting on the beach and watching all the boys go by but it's uh, it, booking it ahead of time I mean booking right now for beach property, it'll cost you between four and $600 a night. Wow. For beach hotels. And that's uh, these are the big hotels out there. The smaller oh, ones and do, individual properties, you can get eleven $1, scriptures- to $1,500 a month, be, a week, rather.
0: Well, what a lot of people do out here, they'll actually rent people beach houses. Mm-hmm. Um, do they do the same thing in Florida? Sure. Uh-huh.
2: There are people who move off the beach for season so that they can rent their house because it pays all the bills plus a salary for the, the couple of months during season. They'll get so much for it.
3: Hmm. have stick- up here during Derby.
0: During the Derby week, I bet. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hotel rooms in Louisville during Derby, you would be lucky to find one probably for $100 per night. In some places they have like a three night minimum.
2: Yeah. Well, that, that would be reasonable.
3: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, sure.
2: Do they have clean sheets?
3: Well, I wouldn't I'm, just I'm
2: just kidding. I'm just
3: kidding.
2: In the old west, we were talking one night about the old west, the signs in the old west, you had to pay 5 cents more or 20, I guess 5 cents more if you want to clean sheets. Was $0.25 cents a night and $0.05 cents more if you uh, if you want to clean sheets.
3: Well, that's not a bad bargain.
2: I didn't think so. Maybe I've got uh, the prices wrong. That's right. Do I have the prices wrong, Holden? Yeah, pretty good. Let me see. Old West clean sheets. <laughs> 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 Thank goodness for the Internet. <laughs> Old West hotel clean
3: sheets.